Yeah, let's go.
came and he died for you. He set you free. Awesome. God, we thank you. We thank you that you made a way. We thank you that we can come together and celebrate you tonight. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died on that cross for us. We thank you that you have uh, broken the power of sin and death and that you have truly set us free. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that where your presence is, there is freedom. And God, I declare freedom in this place tonight. Thank you for, for a great family celebration of you and you in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church. Yeah, how about you give God a huge hand tonight? He has set us free. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We are truly thankful every single day of the week. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to church. That's awesome. There's one person who's happy to be here. <laughs> That's great, Pastor Sheridan. <laughs> Welcome to everybody. It's great to have you all here tonight. Welcome to you if you are here for the first time. I've met a few beautiful people tonight here for the first time. So welcome to you. It's great to have you with us this evening. We pray that you relax and enjoy the evening with us. We have got a baptism in store. Exciting. Very exciting. So, and then Pastor Sharon is going to be sharing around the word. So that's exciting too, isn't it? Yeah. Right, so how about we uh, have some celebrations, eh? Have we got some birthdays or wedding anniversaries this evening? Have you celebrated your birthday or wedding anniversary in the past week? Fun! Oh, yeah, it was your birthday! Happy birthday for Friday! remember what day it was that I saw on Facebook. <laughs> Is there anyone else? So, yeah, have, have more. Have a great big handful, Helen. Helen is amazing. How about you give it up for Helen? She is an incredible woman of God. Here leading the host team tonight along with Gems and has three munchkins. <laughs> Wonderful children, an amazing husband and you're amazing, Helen. We love you, Helen. Happy birthday. Church, how about we stand and we're going to bless. We're going to bless you. We need to put Helen's name in here. So let's try that. Father, thank you for Helen. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over Helen this year. Activate your love and goodness through Helen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Yeah, give her a hand, birthday girl. I got to have birthday cake today too. It was Dylan's birthday. I got to have some cake, so that was nice. Yes, very nice. A couple of things to draw your attention to. We have Wayne and Libby Hurua, which will pop up there shortly. Wayne and Libby Hurua is going to be with us next weekend. They're from, they're based at Equippers Church, Auckland. Uh, have an incredible gift on their life uh, at leading people into praise and worship. So we are privileged to have us with them, with 
have them with us next weekend. So they're going to be with us all weekend. They're going to be spending some time with the creative team on the Saturday. If you are a part of the creative team or even want to be a part of the creative team, then you do need to RSVP to attend Saturday with Wayne and Libby. That's going to be an amazing opportunity to have them input into us. So make sure you RSVP. Details are up there to Luke. And also on the Saturday evening, they're going to be doing a worship night with churches from throughout, uh, creative teams. So if if, um, you know anybody at all that would like to come along to that, uh, that are involved in the creative, or even if you're not, I'm sure we're allowed in the door, aren't we? We're allowed in the door even, even if we're not creative. We're all creative, aren't we? So Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, that is a $5 uh, charge on the Saturday night worship night, so that's going to be fantastic. Then all three gatherings here on the Sunday. Awesome. And then tomorrow night, ladies, ladies, we have a ladies coffee lounge happening here tomorrow night. So if you're female, then come along tomorrow night. It's an optional bring a dessert or some fruit. You don't need to because I reckon if everybody brought some, that'll be there'll be way too much. So optional if you feel like it. Otherwise, just come along, enjoy a coffee and some dessert together. We're going to be meeting out in the foyer tomorrow night, seven o'clock, for all the ladies. I think I have covered all of that. I heard that the healing rooms went fantastic yesterday morning. The healing rooms happens once a month on a Saturday morning at church. And I heard that there were uh, a, a few healings that took place yesterday morning right here. Isn't that awesome? Fantastic. So if you need healing, get ready. God is in the house. God is in the house. So cool to hear of people being healed. Love it. Fantastic. We are going to have a water baptism right now. So Maramina, are you ready to go? You're not, you're having me on. <laughs> yeah. So how about you come out here, Maramina, and we're going to welcome all of your friends, Farnell, if you'd like to come out as well. Would, would you like to come? Yeah. And then if anyone wants to come and gather around the, the water baptismal pool, then you can come on up as well. But I think it's going to be up on the screen. Is that right? Is it going to be up on the screen as well? Yes, it is going to be up on the screen as well, so you, you can all see. Come, yeah, join me, Sheridan. Come up here, it's better when you come up. Come on. Much better. Yeah, gather around. You can come up here. The only place you can't stand is right in line of the camera. If you can see the red light, it's looking at you. It's the wrong place to be standing. Everywhere else is all good. say it's warm. <laughs> is it? Nice and cold. No, it's, it is quite, it is a little bit warm. 
<laughs> the team are going to lead us in a beautiful song as, um, as Maramina come, comes up out of the water. tonight, next step in her relationship with Jesus, following his example. Yeah, isn't that exciting? Yeah. So let's pray. Yeah, God, I thank you for Maramina. I thank you for the step that she's taking this evening. I thank you uh, for the beautiful woman of God that you have uh, made her to be. I thank you that you have created this beautiful daughter of yours. And so, God, I thank you for your hand of, your, of blessing upon her this evening as she, as she takes this step uh, uh, with you tonight, following you. God, thank you that you are with her right now. May she know your blessing upon her in Jesus' name.
got some scripture that I'd like to read out for you. Maramina. From Romans 8, from verse 35, it says, Can anything ever separate us or you from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours or yours through Christ who loves you. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God, I thank you for your beautiful love for Maramina. Thank you, Father. May she receive a revelation right now of your amazing love for her, your passion for her every single day as she wakes, as as she sleeps, your amazing love. Thank you, Father. It's for your family as well. And there's like there's something taking place in the spiritual today where where ownership has changed. And uh, it's a loving God. And it's your boldness and courage to make the declaration of faith before people. Something really significant happened in the spirit today that's going to affect not just you, but wider than you. And so I really encourage you to stand strong. You are a daughter of the King of all kings and whether you feel it or not from time to time is irrelevant the fact is it's a fact it's the truth you're a daughter of the king of all kings so stand tall be strong expect God to move mightily on your behalf have a word they'd like to share with Maramina. Hello everybody, I'm the oldest brother here and uh, I'm very blessed that she found you guys and Activate, thank you very much. You fellas changed it very much and I'm glad to be coming here now. Thank you sis. Thank you. 
And so I declare blessing upon Marabina and her family. Thank you, God, that you know every single one. Thank you that each one of them are in your hands. Thank you for incredible plan and purpose that you have for each one of them. Thank you, God. Thank you for Manamina's babies. We declare your blessing, your protection over each one of them, God. Thank you, God, that you have the very best in store. I declare the very best over them in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that, that, that today is like putting that stake in the ground. That today, from here forward, you, uh, uh, your plans will come to fruition. Thank you, God, that Maramina is choosing to walk in your path. Thank you, God. We declare your blessing and, and protection upon her as she walks with you each day. Thank you, God. And may she know the backing of her church family. Thank you, Lord. sometimes they have that beautiful cloak put around them and I, I saw well I saw a picture of Jesus doing it for you and it was like but it was white and it was like he did it so can I just do it on, on his behalf it was like he put the cloak around you and I want you to remember that because I get a real sense there's going to come times when you'll want to forget that but he puts the cloak around you no man no man Jesus Christ King of Kings Lord of Lords Awesome. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue worshiping, so thank you, team. How about we stand together?
and we're doing a song that we haven't done at the night service before. We've done it a little bit in the morning, um, but it's called As It Is In Heaven. And um, when I first sung this song, um, I had this real cool revelation and I just want to share it. Um, but in the pre-chorus it goes, I know you love me, I know you found me, I know you saved me, and your grace will never fail me. And those sound like such simple things like, I hear it all the time, but like knowing that God loves me, but knowing that God loves me, there's a difference. Like people can tell me, God loves you, but I actually have to know that for myself. And um, He saved me, you know, He saved me especially. He saved you especially. And He found you, and you have found Him. And His grace will never fail us. And you know, for some of us, like we hear those things and it's like, God loves me, but do I actually believe that? You know, and one thing that's cool about worship is that you can declare these things and start to believe it when you're singing it because you're pouring out your heart. You're giving everything you can, everything you have to God. You're telling Him that you love Him. And when you tell Him that you love Him, He just wants to love you even more, you know? And so as we sing this, I encourage you guys, if you know that God loves you, but you don't know, spend some time being like, God, tell me how much you love me, because He always wants to tell us, all the time. And sometimes we just need a reminder. But yeah, as we sing the song, don't let the lyrics be like a wall. Um, sing your own words if you want to. But thank you, Lord, that you love us, and that you found us, and you saved us. Thank you that your grace is never failing, that it's constant. You're always there, Father, and I thank you so much that you're in this place. I thank you for the incredible things that you've already done, but I thank you for what you're about to do, Lord. I know you love me. Because I know you love me. I know you found me. No, he saved me, and your grace will never fail me. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. No heaven lives in me. I know, because I know you love me. I know you found me. No, you saved me, and your grace will never fail me. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting, and no heaven lives in me. Just believe that. I know you love me. Because I know you love me. I know you found me. No, you saved me, 
favorite line of any song at the moment. I'm not waiting, but while I'm waiting. While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. I know heaven lives in me. We are waiting. Jesus is going to come back one day. We're waiting, but while we're waiting, I'm not waiting. I'm going to live to the max. I'm going to live the life that he's called me to live. I'm going to live a purposed life. Ephesians 2.10 tells me that he planned things for me to do a long time ago. I want to do those things while I'm waiting. What about you? Father, I pray tonight you'd stir passion in each one of us to not wait while we're waiting. Father, that we would give our passion to living a life that reflects the values of the kingdom, that reflects your heart. And wherever you've got us, whatever we're doing, Father, I pray that each of us would have the courage to live a life that makes you look good, makes you look famous. For your glory. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to 
walk this planet with you. So good. And I declare your blessing over your church tonight. In Jesus' name. Father, I think of Pastor Ray, if he's traveling back from Christchurch or still there, wherever he is, let your hand of blessing and protection be on him. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Why don't you say hello to two or three people around you as you take a seat. Thank you, team. How many of you were here this morning? Give me a wave if you were here this morning. Hardly anyone. Fantastic. That's great. Makes my job easier right now. So tonight we're looking at Acts chapter 7. We're looking at Stephen's sermon. Stephen, the Bible tells us, was a man of faith. He was full of uh, faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he found himself in some hot water. He found himself in a situation where he was accused falsely that had been arranged and set up by the, uh, the people of the day that he had been blaspheming Moses, that he'd been blaspheming God. And so he's asked if he wants to make any reply to the accusations that have been brought against him. And he does this at the start of Acts chapter 7. It says, this was Stephen's reply, brothers and fathers, listen to me, he says. And uh, so he launches into this great sermon, which is quite a long sermon, but what he does in it is he captures parts of Israel's history all the way through. And it's an amazing, amazing passage of Scripture. He gets to the end and he lands on his final point. His final point is that the Israelites, and in particular the Israel leaders, Israel's leaders, were disobedient to God. That's been the problem all the way along. In fact, he says... You know, no prophet came without you giving them a hard time or killing them, etc. And that's what they're doing to him as well. That's what they did to Jesus too. So they're saying the pro- he's saying the problem is that you leaders were just simply disobedient to God. At that point, it gets really ugly. They start throwing rocks at him. His, uh, he dies. He's the first martyr in the scripture, the first one that died for his faith. How many of you know that when you said yes to Jesus, you didn't necessarily choose an easy life? Or did you think it was going to be plain sailing? When you said yes to Jesus, effectively, you said to the powers of this world, the spiritual powers of this world, I'm doing it a different way. I'm doing it God's way. Straight away, you stepped into a place of opposition, actually. The benefit is that we know that Jesus won so that we're fighting then from a place of victory, not for victory. And that's a very important key for us to remember. But tonight what I want to do is I want to have a look through some of this passage. And in it, I'm looking for practical steps to living a purpose life. So we're not going to pull each word apart theologically or anything else. We're looking for thoughts as we go through it on practical steps for living a purpose life today this week. My uh, hope is that at the end of our time here, you'll have a thought lodged in your mind, a thought given to you or let you latch on to, that God causes you to latch on to, that will change the way you do this week, that will change the way you see this week. And there'll be lots of thoughts. One could make all the difference. How many of you got a cell phone with you? 
pull your cell phone out. I know. This may never, ever be said again in church. Take, seize the opportunity while it's there is what I say. Pull your cell phone out. Yes, Jan, do you want to collect them all in a box? That's a good idea. <laughs> no, pull your cell phone out because tonight what I want you to do is I, you're going to give the thoughts. So I'm going to give you the verse of Scripture and then you are going to give me some thoughts and I'm going to get you to text them in to 02108 4104 and they're going to go up on the screen well not all of them, some of them are going to go up on the screen Linda's fingers can only type so fast and so tonight we're going to read through some scripture and then I'm going to pull out some scripture and when we get there I'm simply going to say what do you think God is saying to you through that scripture send your thoughts in, but here's the deal if you're a lady short, short keep it short, they've got to type it down the back there we don't need a book, okay? Just like one line, plenty, plenty, plenty. And if you're a boy, you need more than yes or no. And no, it needs to make sense. It needs to be like three or four or five words there, okay? So if we all stick to those rules, we'll be okay. So, so far in Acts chapter 7, over the last couple of times, we've looked at this. From verse 2, we looked at Take the opportunity that's presented to you. Stephen took an opportunity. Actually, he created quite an opportunity. They said, you want to reply? He jumped in and preached a whole sermon. So take the opportunity. From verse 4, we learned that to step into God's, or to step into the promises of God requires leaving of the familiar. You cannot step into something new if you're not prepared to leave something behind. True. If you get a new car, you can't drive the new car unless you leave the old car behind. It's quite simple. You can't drive two at once. It's the same with God. You cannot step into something new unless you leave the familiar behind. Verse 5, from there we uh, saw that often the working out of God's promise looks nothing like the fruit of God's promise. In other words, we want everything now. Chances are you're not going to have it all now. God normally starts you way back here. He says, we've got a lifetime journey ahead of us. Way we go. Start working at it. Start working. Then from verse 6, we learned that to truly live a purposed life requires a long view. Abraham taught us that what it is to think multi-generationally. We need to think beyond ourselves. If we're going to truly live a purposed life, we need to think beyond ourselves. We need to think beyond now. If we want our country to be in a great place in 100 years, we need to be thinking about the generations that are coming, not just what we can get now today. From verse 7, we learnt that our journey's pathway is often flavoured by our attitudes and our obedience towards God. God has a way of working out His purposes, but sometimes we make the road very, very difficult for ourselves by our attitude toward God, whether we're prepared to be obedient or not in the journey. From verse 8, we learnt that when a person walks closely or purposed with God, it will leave a permanent mark and it shapes generations. But here we go today. I think we will start, for the sake of time, reading from Acts chapter 7 and verse 9. If that works for you, Linda, that would be great. If you've got your Bibles, open up your Bibles. I really want you to interact with your Bibles and with the text, the passage. So, Acts chapter 7 from verse 9. Oops, beautiful. Here we go. 
These patriarchs were jealous. This is Joseph's brothers. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that the Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives came, relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb of Abraham, in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's son in Shechem. As the time drew near, when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt, who knew nothing about Joseph. The king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eye. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had, had uh, three months, when they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. That will do for now. Right, get your fingers ready on your text, 021-0841-1104. We're going to start at verse 9. So I'm going to read you the passage, or you can read the passage. And then what I would like you to do is to text your thoughts on that passage to the number that is on the screen, or will be on the screen. Verse 9, these patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles, and God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. What do you think God might say, the Holy Spirit might quicken you out of that scripture as far as purpose living goes. Living a purpose life. What do you think he might say to you? 021084 It's anonymous, so you can send your thoughts in. And if what you write is rubbish, it won't go on the screen, so don't worry. Nothing arriving yet. 
sent something. Have you got anything, Linda? They're sending them, but they... Oh, it's not working. It's died. Oh, Linda's not working. I'll get an eight-year-old to come, eh, and we'll sort that phone out. That wasn't an insult. That was reality. That was reality. Hey? Oh, here we go. Look, it's working. The current circumstances don't dictate what God can do through you. Great thought. Great thought. The current circumstances don't dictate what God can do through you. Love that thought. Was that your thought, Jen? You're too good to say. Okay. Oh, okay. No matter what happens, God is always there with the best for you. Great thought. We'll do a couple more if they come. God's plan will come to pass in your life despite the enemy's tactics. Very good. It's great, great thought. If you want to live a purposed life, you'll be opposed. Beautiful. True. Have we got one more? Yes. The world may see another purpose for us. Which doesn't align with God's. Very true. You can keep typing them up there if you like. Well, when I read that verse, this is what I thought. I thought our family of origin, our upbringing or our start to life is not a limiting factor to what God can do with us, in us or through us. Joseph got it rough. His brothers sold him into slavery. Your start in life, your family, your beginnings do not need to limit what God can and will do through you if you allow him. God wants to use us in a powerful way. Natural factors have never, ever been a limitation to God. In fact, I love what uh, Mark 10, 23 says. It says, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, some of us might be sitting there going, man, I'm not rich, I'm a poor student, or whatever the case is. We all live in New Zealand. And compared to a lot of places in the world, we're doing all right, whether we got much or not. We're doing all right. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. With God, everything is possible. Everything is possible with God. There is no limiting factors. Answer that question. 
for yourself right now. Wherever you're at, wherever you're going, wherever you believe God's calling to you too, there is no limiting factors for you and I to live a purpose life in God. Never have been. No factors. Let's carry on. Verse 11. What Satan means for evil, God uses for his good. Very good. Okay, you're about to send some more text now from verse 11. You ready? Here we go. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Can God say something from that? The Bible tells me you can teach from every part of Scripture. So he must be able to say something out of that. But, the, but a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. What do you think? This flesh. God, greatest conqueror over death. You will be tested in your faith. So true. You will be tested in your faith. Because times are tough doesn't mean God has abandoned you. That is good to remember, isn't it? Just because times are tough does not mean God has abandoned you. Keep praising. Oh, the hashtags, here they all come. Seek Him. They keep coming up there. My thought out of that verse is this. The circumstances we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. The circumstances that we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. God loves you. God loves me. God is love. It's not that even God chooses to love. It's his nature to love. God is love. He cannot help himself. In other words, he doesn't go... This is a good group of people here. I will love on them. This group of people here are not good. I will not love on them. He loves everybody just the same. I think it was Pastor Ray Andrew who said last week that the difference between Christians and people who don't know Jesus yet is that one set of people have responded to God's love. The other people haven't responded yet. God's love toward people is equal. He is love. It's reassuring, isn't it? To know that it's not about if I make a mistake or anything else, God loves me today. He doesn't love me tomorrow. Oops, I made a mistake. Can I buy my way back in? That's not how God works. He is love. Full stop. He's love. He loves you. 
He loves you two bits. Loves you, He loves you. God is love. This, the circumstances we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. That is simply this thing called life. Sometimes life is horrible. We live in a broken planet. When Adam and Eve sinned, their pride allowed the whole atmosphere in which we live to be changed. And it has affected the whole planet from that day to this. The Bible tells us that the whole of creation groans waiting for the redemption of Jesus of Christ. The whole of creation. In other words, the planet we're on is broken, so stuff happens. Good stuff happens. Not so good stuff happens. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through to 48, it tells us that He, God, gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, God is love, full stop. But we live in a broken world. Can I encourage you to keep pursuing God no matter what the circumstances are that you're facing? Can I encourage you to, to keep passionately pushing forward and stay connected with Jesus, even if you're in the middle of the toughest days you've ever experienced in your life? Because they won't last forever, but God will. And your relationship with Him will. One day at a time. Sweet Jesus, that's nice. I like that. I like that. Feels like a hymn, yeah. It does sound like a country song. Can you delete that? You're the devil trying to get in the building. It is. When the rapture happens, some of us will be going. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan, and there was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Verse 12, Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some food, that is. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. What could God say out of that verse, do you think? Verse 12 and 13. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. What could God be saying there? What could the Holy Spirit illuminate? out of that for us tonight. we go. God is a redemptive God. Beautiful. 
He is our restorer. So true. God is a redemptive God. He is our restorer. Joseph's forgiveness. Allowed his family to be together. I think that Joseph's forgiveness allowed his family to be together. I think that's a prophetic thought today. If that really quickens in your spirit, you need to do something with that. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge issue. If we hold on to stuff, the only person you hurt when you hold on to something is yourself. It means you can't live free. Don't let the past affect your future can't live without family we need each other introduce our king to others very good when I read that I thought this I thought position yourself for blessing position yourself for blessing now that does not mean that when we finish here you're going to buy a lotto ticket or you're going to pop down the road to the casino or get involved with some dodgy internet scheme scam Okay, that is not positioning yourself for blessing. That's been stupid. God brings the increase. God brings the increase. But we can position ourselves. How do we position ourselves for God's blessing? Well, I think number one, faith. Faith. God always honors faith. Always has. If you go right through Scripture, He honors faith. If we come out of faith, if we operate out of faith, we're positioning ourselves in a way where God can move and God can move in and through us and around us. I also think that God gave us this little thing called common sense, which isn't so common anymore. But common sense. He, gave, he put a brain between most of our ears. Most of us. He put a brain in there. Okay, all of us. He put a brain in there. And it's, it's an amazing piece of technology. It's unbelievable. And we can think. He gave us the ability to think and to be rational and to be logical and to go A plus A, A plus B equals C or whatever the case is. And so we can actually employ common sense. Sometimes and often Christians will sit back and wait for a word from God when it's so obvious what the answer is. And I think God's sitting back there going, oh, for goodness sake, just make a decision. I've given you the faculties to make the decision. Just make the decision. Oh, God, I'm waiting for a sign. I'm waiting for a sign. Do I eat the peas or the pumpkin first? Who cares? Common sense. Eat the meat first every time. <laughs> and thirdly, action. Faith, common sense, and action. Take some action. Do something. Work towards where you believe God's leading you. Take some action. There's the old saying, you know, uh, God steers a moving ship. Or you can tie a boat up at a wharf. You can wiggle the rudder all you like. It'll go nowhere. But the second the boat's got some movement on, you turn that rudder and it can be steered. And God does that with us. He will steer us if we're open to be steered. So position ourselves for blessing. Right, we're going to jump a couple. I want to finish with verse 17. Last one. This is your last chance. So if you haven't commented, you've got to get in there now. 
As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt. Oh, 17. Verse 17. Did I not say that? Actually, it's not the one I want. I want to go to verse 25. Let's go to verse 25. Okay, Acts 7, verse 25. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. File your thoughts. Last chance. Flick them to the text. 021084104. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. sometimes blind to God's will. So true. You're called whether others acknowledge it or not. Not everyone will understand God's destiny for your life, for you. make assumptions. People aren't mind readers. Great thought. Trust in God to show you the way. My thought ties up with one of those. Knowing who you are in God and being recognized by those around you are two different things. Knowing who you are in God and being recognized by those around you are two entirely different things. Jesus is the best example I can think of for this. He knew that he was the Son of God. He knew he had an incredible relationship with God. He knew he was the Son of God, but those around him never recognized him for who he was. I wonder what the call of God is on your life. Who are you in God? Now, I think it's really, really important that we develop a strong personal conviction on who God's called us to be, what he's called us to do, and who we are in him. It needs to be a personal conviction. It needs to be one that doesn't move based on somebody's opinion. It needs to be absolutely rock solid. And you only can come to that by taking the time with God on that. Some wise counsel is helpful too. Wise counsel is helpful because 
Sometimes people aren't who they think they are either, and you're not who some people think you are. We need to confirm that and come to a conviction of who you are in God. What's the call of God on your life? What's that look like? Who's He created you to be? And then once we know, stay in our grace and run the race. Run the race. Stay in your lane. Wise counsel. Run the race. Oh, look at that. Yeah, race. Stay in the race. Run the race. Moses knew that God had called him, but no one else recognized that he'd been called. Yet God had a plan and a purpose for his life that he would see through. I wonder what God's plan and purpose is for your life that he will see, see through if you stay faithful to him that maybe no one else has recognized. Stay your course. Hold fast. For just a moment, I'd like you to answer three questions. The first one is this. Am I living a purposed life? Am I living a purposed life? I think a purposed life starts by being faced toward Jesus. That's where a purposed life starts. Secondly, were there any thoughts tonight that came up on the screen or I may have said any thoughts? I only need to be one that rang true to you. And if so, what was it? Capture it. Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. Are there any thoughts that rung through? Capture that thought and then ask yourself, how can you apply that thought this week? Don't go, oh, I'll think about that next month. Think about it now. How can you apply it this week? Because otherwise you'll just forget it. But how can you take that thought, apply it this week to the way you live? As I said, I believe that true purpose starts in Jesus. Our purpose is found in Jesus. You know, the world is a mess. But really, the mess is symptomatic of people looking for something that they can only find in Jesus. People are looking for love. They're looking for belonging. They're looking for hope. They're looking for peace. They're looking for security. All of these things cannot be found in a temporary world, a temporary society. The only way to truly find them is in Jesus. You look at the super wealthy. They buy a large boat because they think that'll make them happy. But after a couple of months, it doesn't make them happy. So they buy a ship. A few more months on, it's still not happy. So they buy a bigger ship. And they never end up happy. Or they have their little car and then they think this car's no good, so they buy their sports car. They have that for a couple of months and suddenly that's not bringing joy. So then they've got to buy one with a Ferrari badge on it have that for a few months, they're still not happy. They've got to, it doesn't matter where you put your time, where you invest yourself into, if it's a temporary thing, it will not actually fill the void that is in our life, the void of hope, of peace, of belonging, of love. That can only truly come from being connected with Jesus Christ. And tonight, as I finish, how's your relationship with Jesus? 
Is He your source of hope? Is He your source of peace? Is He your source of love? Is He your source of joy? Because He is the only one that can fill that void for this lifetime, but then going on into eternity. It's the only way. He is the only way. That's why He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. And for us to live a truly purposed life, we must be connected with Jesus Christ. Tonight, as we finish, I'd like to give you an opportunity to connect with Jesus. You may have never, ever done that before. Or you may have, and then you've stepped away from the relationship for whatever reason. But tonight, the opportunity is there for us to step back up into relationship with Him again. My greatest desire tonight would be that every person on leaving this building would know that every one of you would know that you have a connection with Jesus Christ, that He is your Lord, He is your Savior. He is the source of your life. The Bible tells us if we drink from Him, we will never thirst again. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up in just a moment. If you're saying, Jesus, I want to connect with you tonight. As I said, it could be the first time or you could have connected with them before and for whatever reason you've stepped back from that relationship. Come on, tonight's your night. Step back into that place of relationship with Jesus. Oh, but i just got to get this sorted or that sorted. I'm not in very good shape. I've got, you don't have to have anything sorted with Jesus. That's, that, that's his deal. You just got to say, okay, Jesus, here we go. He sort, he'll sort the stuff later. He'll sort out your baggage later. All he needs is a willing heart that says, Jesus, I want to connect with you. Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my God, my king. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died a terrible death take the weight of the world's wrongdoing on your shoulders and you are risen victorious from death. And of one thing you can be absolutely guaranteed, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, Jesus is just waiting to embrace you. He's waiting for the, I choose you. Jesus walk with me and he just wants to embrace you and do life's journey with you. Tonight, some of you here know that you need to choose Jesus. There'll be a million reasons why you may not want to right now. Might not be convenient. But tonight, can you please choose Jesus for your sake? You are created to walk with Him. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to hold your hand if you're up, if you're choosing Jesus for the first time, or if you're coming back into that place of relationship with Him. You get you lift your hand and you're saying, Jesus, I choose you tonight. As we've heard earlier, I'm not promising you an easy life. I'm promising you a life with your creator and he promises that he'll never leave us. 
tonight as you choose Jesus. Can you lift your hand up? Just make sure I see it, please. I want to congratulate you. Cool. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Thank you. See five people lift their hands so far. Just going to wait a couple more seconds. Six people lift their hands. It's fantastic. You know, the Bible says when one person gets their life right with Christ, the angels celebrate. Six people, heaven's having a party right now. So I reckon, why don't you jump up on your feet, give these people a great big hand. Fantastic. It's great. your hand then can you please make sure you tell the person that you came with what you did tonight or if you came on your own come and see myself or Jan or another leader or someone that you know make sure you tell them what you did because you're starting a journey and it's a journey that you need some support and help in and we want to help you in that journey make sure you do that can I pray for you as we finish Father I thank you for your church Lord I thank you that you Uh, love to illuminate stuff. You love to speak to us through Scripture. And tonight, I pray that something would have dropped into every person's spirit in Jesus' name, something we can take hold of, something that will bring a shift in our lives as we continue to walk the best we can with you. Father, as we go into our week this week, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, please help us to be like Jesus. Help us to see through a Jesus-colored lens. Help us to express the values that Jesus would have expressed. Help us to be courageous when perhaps everyone else is turning away. Lord, this week, help us to be a church that brings glory to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was good, eh? Let's give Pastor Sheridan a hand. It was good, eh? Did, did you like that? Bit different, eh? Gets you thinking about the scripture. We could do that tomorrow too, the next day, the day after that. <laughs> oh no, we don't have to detect. No, <laughs> thinking about the scripture bit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sing to finish. Our team is amazing, aren't they? They are so cool. Yes, give them a huge hand. Yay. (laughs) Just before we sing, uh, if you are here for the first time tonight, it's been great to have you with us. We do hope that uh, if you haven't already picked up a a, uh, welcome pack, then on your way out past the uh, beautiful ladies and the, is it ladies and gentlemen, I can't see, it's too dark, but in the green shirts they have some lovely white packs there for you to pick up, so please pick up one of those and and if you'd like to, us to get in touch with you during the week, then please fill in the card inside and, and we will be in touch and it'll be great to get to know you more and you get us, get to know us more. 
Plus, thank you, church, for being purposed in our giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I declare blessing upon our tithes and offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. Something we do in this house is uh, be purposed in our giving. So that is our giving stations are at the left in both foyers as you exit the door. So if you would like to give, then the, the opportunity is there for you. So thank you, church. Also, if anyone would like prayer for anything at all, anything at all, then please come up the front. We would love to stand with you and pray with you. Plus, that just reminds me, um, as long with the other couple of things that we need to do, RSVP for the creative night, the creative afternoon, and also the ladies' lounge is here tomorrow night. But the following Monday night is in a, uh, an encounter with God, with uh, Teresa Levisher, I think you say it, all the way from the United States, from Bethel Church. There's an opportunity to come on Monday night. It is $10 per person or $10 for a family. Uh, so that is not tomorrow night, but the following Monday night. That's a great opportunity to, to grab and come in and have an encounter with God together. Let's sing to finish.
board games, bring some food. Yeah, grab some hot chips from around the corner, upstairs, enjoy hanging out together.
buried deep inside of me. Yeah, this little light of mine, it's time to let it shine a bit. Cause there's no point in hiding it, it's everything I am. The source of all my hope, and it's the reason why I stand. I pledge allegiance to being somebody real. There's no more holding it back. I'm showing them how I feel. Cause love is more than a word, it's a noun and a verb. And hiding is absurd, you heard? Supposed to survive in this fast sea. I was so scared, my own heart would try to abandon me. Now I got nothing standing in my way. I gave it all away. I gave it all away. You got me living how I wanted all along. Now all my fears have run away. You got me living how I wanted all along. I feel so alive. So alive, alive, inside, inside, I'm breaking through. 
Every time I try to go it alone, I get shut down, locked up and held captive in the clutches of my doubt. We go back, we go forth, we go back. I'm sick with vertigo, weary of my ways, my days, my ebbs and flows. So.